Good morning to you all. Thank you, Pastor Arnold, again for those kind words of introduction. Great joy and privilege for me to just worship with you all this morning and spend time with many of you during church camp, especially on this uh, special occasion, Father's Day. Once again, I'd like to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. Just a joy to be with you all. Uh, I wonder how many of you fathers sing to your children or sing with your children. Um, I remember many years ago, growing up in Taiwan, six or seven years old, my father would bring me up on the roof of our apartment with his guitar and uh, sing with me and teach me some uh, praise songs in Chinese. Uh, allow me to sing a few phrases <laughs> for you. There's a song that goes like this. It's a song about young men. Okay? Young men, young men. What are you seeking in this life? And the song goes on to say, uh, Jesus is the only one that can satisfy you. And I, I, I felt that that song had a profound impact on my life. Growing up, I started to think that life is more than about the pursuit of uh, worldly pleasures and wealth. So I believe that songs sung by fathers can have a profound impact on children. The Israelites taught songs to their children, especially as they were traveling on the road. Uh, And today we'll be thinking about uh, the Psalms of Ascent, Uh, Psalm 120 to 130 are 15 songs that most likely they were sung on the way to Jerusalem as they were preparing themselves for the annual feast. Now, how many of us sung on, the, sung on the way to church today or kind of warm up your voices? Uh, some of you may like to listen to Christian music uh, in the vehicle. The circumstances of Israelites were very different. Uh, they had to take a very long journey coming from all the different Uh, geographical areas of Israel, and they brought with them uh, great caravans, uh, often livestock, uh, animals were traveling with them that they prepared to offer up to God, and often little children going along. And it was not an easy journey, as you think about the context that they were in. It was during a time of war. There was constant battles between David and his armies and the Philistines. War, back and forth. And so when David wrote these words, I lift my eyes to the hills. It may not be something like, oh, look at how beautiful those hills appear. But it could mean something like, behind those hills are my enemies. I don't know when they'll come out and attack me again. Uh, Behind those hills are pagans who worship false gods and idols. But my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And Psalm 124, we read earlier, If the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. There were real struggles as the people of Israel traveled on the way to Jerusalem. Their journey was filled with difficulties and danger. But they sang the songs, The Lord is... Your keeper, behold, he who keeps Israel, neither slumber nor sleep. 
In Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. So the common theme that we uh, see from all these songs is that in spite of dangerous situations and pagan influences all around them, the Israelites lifted their eyes to God. And it was literally lifting up their eyes because they were going uphill. They were traveling to Jerusalem that was on a higher elevation. And so they traveled and they lifted their heads and they sung these songs. They put their hope in God on high. They put their hopes in God. I believe that parenting is not easy. Uh, those of you who are parents will agree with me, uh, especially fathers has a tremendous task of uh, being spiritual leaders in the home. And somebody said, uh, we spend the first 12 months uh, teaching our children to walk and talk, but most likely we'll spend the next 12 years teaching them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> and some of you parents really have a hard time, and um, you may not even be here because uh, we had a church camp, and you know, looking after little children is exhausting, it can be really stretching and draining. But I wonder what kind of songs are we singing today? Fathers, what kind of songs are we singing to our children? I don't mean just literal songs, but the song that flows from our hearts. The attitude, the, the, the life song that's flowing out of our, us towards our children. Is it a song of complaints, frustration, or is it a song of hope? A song that expresses our trust in God in spite of Difficulties and challenges that we may be facing in our family. In the midst of uh, these songs of ascent, is one of my favorite songs is uh, 128, Psalm 128. So I'd like us to read it together. Uh, I would like to read it for you from the ESV version. Just follow with me in your Bibles, Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace upon Israel. What hope and assurance is there for fathers? Those of us who are fathers who have to lead our families in difficult times on a dangerous journey. Our families may be surrounded by the secular culture, many unchristian ways of doing things. And there's an, I believe there's an enormous pressure in our culture to place personal success above the spiritual well-being of our family. Uh, there's pressure to see success in terms of numbers, in terms of the positions that we hold, rather than a life of faithfulness to God and being rich in the blessings of God. There's a real enemy out there, the evil one. Satan does not want to see us succeed. He wants to see us fail, wants to give, see fathers give up hope, and abandon their families. How does this song give us hope? 
The first verse tells us that there is a real blessing that awaits us. Blessed is everyone. The psalm is, of course, for everyone, and not just fathers. A blessing for everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. And the word here, blessing, ashar in Hebrew, it just means true happiness. There's a true happiness that comes from obeying God. There's real satisfaction. It's not just a spiritual high that we get from church camps, not just a, a raise in our salary or a new car, but true happiness, fulfillment deep down that's not relying on our circumstances, but that comes from walking with God, fearing God, obeying His will. My friends, do you desire true happiness in your life? Do you desire to have true sense of fulfillment? Let's take a look at what this means. In the next verse, it says, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. And so there is hope and assurance from God that God is wanting to bless our work, the work that we're doing. And God is really interested in how we do our work. A recent uh, popular writer, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, in one of his books, he talks about um, the three elements for people to be really satisfied in their work. There has to be autonomy, there has to be complexity, and a connection between uh, effort and reward. And he gives this illustration of uh, an Indian man that went to America. And coming from India, the sports in India, uh, mainly they play um, cricket and um, cricket, cricket and uh, football, soccer. But going to America, he agreed to coach his daughter's basketball team, uh, which he knew nothing about. And, so, and then he found out that his daughter's basketball team, they were physically shorter than all the other teams in the area. So he started to study the game of basketball and, and uh, took on this challenge. It was a, a, complex, a complexity for him, but he took it on. Eventually, he trained the girls in his team to, to run like football players, you know, run the whole game. You know, basketball players, come, sometimes they do uh, this thing called half-court defense where they run back and they just wait for their opponents to come. But he taught this team to play full-court defense, running consistently throughout the whole game. Eventually, this girl team uh, went on to the national championship. And so he saw this, uh, he overcome the complexities and the challenges of, of coaching uh, basketball. My friends, can you see the challenges and complexities that you're experiencing in your workplace? Could they, could they be something to be desired? Um, a desired level of difficulty. Uh, could God be using those situations to, to mold us, to teach us something, uh, to build our character? In this psalm, there's also an assurance of uh, connection between effort and reward. As we see in verse 2, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Now, let me ask you, do farmers always harvest their crop? Uh, not these days, especially uh, one of Gladys's uh, younger brother is a farmer in the Philippines. He tells us that it's getting more and more difficult to f do farming because uh, the rainy season don't always come on time. Sometimes there's uh, extreme changes in the climate 
There's also natural disasters that's increasing all throughout the world. And we're seeing this uh, as a major struggle among farmers. And there's going to be a problem in our days, uh, food supply. The reality is that not every good effort will lead to good rewards. We're living in a world cursed by sin. And sin is not only destroying our environment, but sin is destroying our environment in our workplace, destroying relationships. Sometimes we hear about good companies that are destroyed by someone's greed or destroyed by forces outside of our control. Sometimes we hear about a wonderful church that was built by years of love and good teaching, but destroyed, torn apart by moral failures, by sin. Sin also corrupts our motives. We sometimes find ourselves not always working for the glory of God, uh, seeking our own gain. As a missionary, I often have to report to uh, partners and the supporting churches. And I, sometimes I like to give the good highlights and tell you the good stories. I try to avoid talking about some uh, real challenges. And I wonder whether it's because I, I'm also tempted to, to please men. Wanting to want to say things that, that um, make myself look good. Ministry of mentoring past, younger pastors and younger missionaries. Sometimes I have the joy of seeing them continuing to serve God. But often we do see people give up serving God. Uh, we have a few missionary couples that served with us for a few years and they went home. Never to return again. And we wonder why. Our call to work, our call to fruitful labor is more challenging and more complex than ever. How do we define fruit? How do we measure true success in our line of work? The assurances of God here are not to be seen as some kind of mathematical equation. 2 plus 2 equals 4 or a scientific, scientific formula. But God's assurances are much broader, much longer lasting. We can see God's promises here as a compass directing our path. At times we will stray. At times we will make wrong decisions in our workplace. We may fail. We may make mistakes and we may do the wrong thing. Sometimes we end up being stuck on the detour that we don't want to be on. And we end up taking the long way. But God's promises is like a GPS. It, it speaks to us. It tells us how to get back on track. And we can believe in God's faithfulness that eventually we will uh, see the fruit of our labor. God promises that he who began a good work in us will carry it out to the day of completion. And we can believe that in God our labor will not be in vain. Pastor Tim Keller says that faith gives dignity and worth to all work, without which work will bore us. Whatever work that God has entrusted to us today, we can work with a sense of dignity that God has given us this job. Not only that, faith or hope in God gives a moral compass to our work, without which work will corrupt us. Just reflect on how sin is affecting your work today. 
Sometimes sin corrupts our motives. Sometimes we see ourselves falling short of God's perfect standard for us. But as we hope in God, we have a moral compass to our work, without which work will corrupt us. What hope and assurance is there for fathers? In this psalm, we see that there is hope and assurance of God's genuine blessings upon our work and also upon our families. To those of us who are fathers, we see in verses 3 and 4, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Again, this is an agricultural image. As you think of vines and uh, olive shoots, they're growing spontaneously. They're just growing and growing. But as we cultivate the vines, as we cultivate the plants, they grow even better. They grow even more. Here in Asia, we don't have much olive shoots, but we see a lot of bamboo shoots. And we know bamboos, they grow very, very tall. And, and uh, many of fathers, you can see how your children are growing taller than you. And it's a joy to see them grow up. It's a privilege to be fathers through the various stages of your children's life. Uh, someone wrote about how our perspectives of fathers change over time. A four-year-old will say this about the father. My dad knows everything. But an eight-year-old will say, my dad knows so many things. A 12-year-old says, my dad don't really know and understand me. A 14-year-old says, my dad don't know anything. 18-year-old says, my dad's out of touch. 25-year-old, actually, my dad knows some things quite well. 35 years old. Hold on. Let me ask my dad about this. 45-year-old. I wonder what my dad would think about this. Age 65. Too bad I can't talk to dad anymore. See, everyone needs a father. Even when the child grows older and older, fathers can continue to have an influence on the next generation. In the beginning, I talked about my early memories of my father growing up in Taiwan. And um, just fast forward that about 10 years, and I was no longer listening to my father's songs. I was a teenager growing up in the U.S., and uh, I was trying to discover my own song in life. At that time, I was listening to a lot of secular songs, especially rock music, heavy rock music. Uh, rock music is an ex expression in American culture for those who are angry and rebellious. And uh, that kind of describes me very well when I was a teenager growing up in the U.S. And I experienced a lot of problems in um, struggle for identity, uh, poverty, clash of values between my Christian home and the surrounding environment, uh, racism. I was growing up and feeling very angry, confused, and at times very lonely. So I turned to music, not only as a way of escape, but also for a sense of identity. And so I had a bunch of friends, and we formed a rock band together, mostly non-believers. And I started to grow very long hair, and uh, like the rockers. And I remember my mom just in tears begging me, when are you going to 
cut your hair. <laughs> I started、uh, practicing music on the weekends and trying to find ways to perform with this rock band. And eventually, we ran out of money, so I asked for permission to use my parents'、uh, basement in the U.S. We have、um, this、uh, lower-level、uh, cellar where we can、uh, use for various purposes. So I.、Uh, Had a group of friends、uh, just playing rock music in the basement, and I have to say my parents were very, very patient with me at that time. As often in the mornings, we would see some、uh, in the backyard filled with、uh, cigarette butts, where my non-Christian friends were hanging out. And at that time,、uh, my parents were very patient because、uh, you know the the music that we play was not. At a very low level, we had very loud drums. I would shake the whole house, literally, and、uh, the loud screaming electric guitar that I was playing. Sometimes we forget to close our screen door, and our neighbors will come and threaten to call the police. At that time, my parents were very patient, and I saw them praying for me in tears. They were just asking God for help、uh, to turn my life around. At that time, the Lord answered their prayers, and things began to change.、Uh, instead of a backyard filled with cigarettes,、um, there were sounds of singing and praying in the basement, and some songs of young people screaming out, "Jesus is the way!" What happened?、Uh, basically, the Lord brought a few older believers into my life, and they were Christian musicians, and they began to disciple me. And mentor me, and they brought me out to do Christian ministry on the streets. And、um, I saw these older believers who had dramatic conversion experiences, and they loved the Lord Jesus. And they taught me how to read the Word of God and memorize Scripture. And so, within a short period of time, my life was turned around. I was part of a Christian music ministry. And at that time, I began to love the Lord Jesus, and I. Started to understand the the song of my life, the song that God was giving to me. It was a song of praise to Jesus, who brought me out of darkness into light. He filled my heart with love. He gave me the ability to forgive those who hurt me, and to overcome bitterness and anger. And I was starting to experience His love in a new way, and, and experience His courage to to witness to my peers. In all this time of personal struggle, I, I saw that my dad was there. He was not there as a disciplinarian. He was not even there as a mentor because at times I wasn't open to advice. But he was there as a listener.、Uh, once a week, he brought me out to eat together. He would just listen to whatever that was going on in my life, and his presence gave me a sense of boundaries. You know, he didn't give me any curfew or tell me I should do this, I shouldn't do that. But just his presence in the home gave me a sense of boundaries, and I knew when I was going too far. And he supported me through the years as I was trying to understand the song that Jesus wanted me to sing, my life song. For those of us who are struggling, struggling as parents, maybe you have、uh, teenage childrens. It's really difficult, and with our own strength, we just can't do it. With our own strength, we will surely fail. But if we're willing to turn to God 
lift our eyes to the Lord and acknowledge our helplessness. Acknowledge our sinfulness. As a parent, today I experience the gospel every single day. Every day I am tempted to, to say the wrong thing and just lash out in anger or frustration towards my children. Every day I come before the Lord acknowledging my sin and pleading for the blood of Jesus to cleanse me. Every day I'm experiencing God's grace as a parent. Parents, as we truly humble ourselves, as we become poor in spirit, as we look to the cross and realize our need for Jesus and how sinful we are, how prone we are to exert ourselves in our own will above God's will. As we come to the cross and recognize our need for His grace and learn to die to ourselves, we begin to experience the grace of God taking over. And God will answer our prayers for our children. God will help us to have the right word, the right time for our growing kids. Parents, what hope and assurance is there for fathers? There is good news for us. Jesus Christ is the answer. And through Christ, we can experience genuine blessings upon our work and in our homes. And finally, we can experience the blessings of God in our wider relationships. As we look at verses 5 and 6, God wants to give us a wider impact in this world. Verse 5, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a homeland of the Israelites. And in the same way, God wants us to be a blessing to our nation. He wants Christian fathers and mothers to be a blessing, to be salt and light in the Singapore society. Jerusalem is also the spiritual homeland of God's people, the church of Jesus Christ. And he wants us to be a blessing to the local church and to God's church locally and around the world. He wants us to have a wider impact and lasting influence. May you see your children's children. May your life be a blessing to the third and fourth generation. This is a ripple effect when God's blessing drops into our lives. We see the waves going out, God's blessing extending outward to the people around us and to the nations. Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. For what purpose? That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. We were blessed to be a blessing to others. We're blessed not to keep things to ourselves, but to share, to be a blessing to our nation, to the church, and to all peoples. I think of Jonathan Edwards, his life. He was a man of God in the 18, 1700s, and he was a preacher. And through his preaching, America experienced the Great Awakening when uh, taverns were closed down and people, instead of gambling and drinking in bars, they were in churches praying and crying out to God. Jonathan Edwards was an influential preacher. At one time, he 
welcomed a, a sick missionary, David Brainerd, who was, uh, had uh, tuberculosis uh, as he administered to the Native Americans. And David Brainerd came into Jonathan Edwards' house and was cared for and eventually died there. But after this missionary died, Jonathan Edwards published the diary of David Brainerd, which became a bestseller. And this booklet uh, impacted hundreds of young people to serve the Lord, to become missionaries and pastors. And one of the descendants of Jonathan Edwards, many generations later, did a research on their family line. And it was amazing to discover that in Jonathan Edwards' descendants, there were approximately 300 preachers, 100 missionaries, 100 lawyers, 80 civil servants, 75 soldiers, 65 professors, and 56 medical doctors. Edwards had 11 children, and he spent one hour a day praying for them by name. His was a life of wide and lasting impact. My friends, do you desire a life of true happiness, a life of genuine fulfillment? The Word of God invites you today to trust in Him, to lift your eyes to the Lord and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in His provision of salvation. Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose again from the dead to save you. Believe in the gospel. Turn from your sins. Turn from your dependency on yourself. Acknowledge your helplessness. Acknowledge in all the ways that you have failed God and fallen short of His perfect standard. Acknowledge your need for His grace. Come to the Lord Jesus just as you are. And as you believe in Him, as you learn to walk in His ways and fear Him, trust in Him, it doesn't mean that all your problems will go away. You'll continue to experience heartaches, difficulties, and parenting challenges in your workplace. But as you face all these pressure and all these difficulties, you and I who are believers in Christ can have hope. We can have the assurance that God wants to bless us. God is willing to bless us. God is a good God and He wants to bless you in your work he wants to bless your family. And he wants to give you a long and lasting impact in this world. I'd like us to just spend one minute and just reflect on what you've heard this morning. I'd like us to just, just reflect and think about how you can take the Word of God and put into practice in your life. And after we reflect for a bit, I'd like to pray for us. We thank you, Father, for your promises that you're willing to bless each and every one of us more than what we can ask for or imagine. Oh, Lord, how you love us. Lord, I want to lift up the fathers to you. 
this day, those of us who are fathers and parents, ask for your help, ask that they will continue to persevere in their roles as parents, that they will continue to be parents who will pass on the spiritual inheritance to the next generation, that they will be parents of integrity, of patience, of perseverance, of love, and most of all, parents who are dependent on you, who look to your promises, who look to your word for strength daily, who understand and experience the gospel from day to day. Oh, when they do fail, oh Lord, help the parents to come before you and ask for your forgiveness and receive your cleansing and rise up again and continue in the job of parenting and looking after families. We ask for strength and courage for fathers to rise up and be spiritual leaders in their home. We take initiative to disciple their children and to set the example of worship, of a life that is God-honoring. We thank you, Lord, for all the fathers here. And once again, we remember your word. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. May peace be upon this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen.